Hello, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Today, my guest is Dr. Joseph Salomkin, who is Emeritus Professor of Surgery at the University of Cincinnati and a consultant to Tetraphase, the pharmaceutical company that produces aravacycline. Aravacycline was at the center of the IGNITE trials, for which Dr. Salomkin was a data analyzer and first author. Today, he will be answering our questions about the latest IGNITE 4 trial, which evaluated aravacycline against meropenem for treating intra-abdominal infections in acutely hospitalized patients. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Salomkin. Can you tell us more about the IGNITE 4 trial and its results? It's important to understand that for regulatory, meaning FDA approval of the novel antimicrobial, there are two paths to doing that. One is to conduct a large individual studies, uh, one each in at least two different indications. In this case, the path chosen was to go ahead and do two trials in the same indication, which gives the drug regulatory approval, certainly a well-trodden path to get to that uh, approval. And the standard plan for doing that is to use essentially the same protocol and two different temporal windows. The benefit of doing two, in my mind, is that essentially if you're using the same protocol, you get a much larger patient population that actually can be combined, as we did in a follow-on paper to this, to achieve stronger statistical outcomes. In this trial, I would want to add in, again, we're just done in the setting of complicated intra-abdominal infections, this is a very good area to have high certainty of capturing the types of organisms that one would expect the drug to be active against. And primarily, I think as most physicians understand, intra-abdominal infections are polymicrobial and typically have two or more gram-negative organisms and then gram-positive cocci, uh, typically streptococci and enterococci, and then finally an, ar- an array of anaerobes, primarily Bacteroides fragilis and other Bacteroides species. So in other words, it's a good platform in terms of microbiology and clinical outcomes. The difficulty in completing these kinds of trials is that the major therapeutic event that drives outcome really is the operation itself or the percutaneous drainage or or laparoscopic management of the infection. This is referred to broadly under the label of source control. And therefore, it's a very good model to study non-inferiority and a lot of the outcome results to be interpretable require looking at the activity of the organisms of the drug, ravacycline or meropenem, against the organisms that were, in fact, isolated. So ultimately, the results showed that aravacycline was not inferior to meropenem for treating intra-abdominal infections. What does this mean for clinical practice and how these infections might be managed in the future? The important point to understand in terms of translating the results of these studies into clinical practice 
has to do with the relatively narrow indication that was approved for, which is uh, complicated intra-abdominal infections. The prior agent that this is routinely compared to is another tetracycline, uh, tigacycline, marketed by Pfizer under the name in the U.S. of Tigacil. That agent was used while it had a broad array of uh, indications given that it was approved several years ago with different rules of the road for drug approvals, but in any case, they had a very extensive program, but at the same time had difficulties that translated into increased mortality, particularly in the area of pneumonia, where it was used not infrequently to treat atypical organisms that were generally resistant to carbapenems or other beta-lactam-type antibiotics. These would include organisms like Stenotrophobonus and uh, Acinetobacter, and actually in some ways became the standard for those treatments. So the issue really comes down to how do you translate the results of an intra-abdominal infection into use of the agent in a different indication, again, management of severe pneumonia caused by highly resistant organisms? And the answer is that you, there really is not a clear translation, that the indication that the drug was approved for is indeed intra-abdominal infections. And there really is no clinical data to do an additional study like that would be extremely expensive for what, in fact, is a small company. So the the results that will be reported by clinicians, and this is being monitored fairly carefully in a post-marketing survey, will really, as those reports start coming out for the use of the agent that are not randomized trials, those will provide at least the comfort level, if they're positive, in using this agent in other types of indications. There is a fair amount of that done with almost every agent, antimicrobial agent, that's been approved for relatively few indications. And there are several recent examples of that where the drugs are initially, the antibiotics are initially examined in intra-abdominal infection because of the broad bacteriologic and microbiologic background that's achieved and then are shown in follow-on either trials or clinical practice reports to be effective or at least useful in other settings. So I think the important question of whether it's safe to use or will be effective in other indications, the background in my mind for doing that and will really come from people using it because of not only its microbiologic activity, but also because its improved safety profile compared to tigacycline and as regards in particular uh, nausea and vomiting. That's the reality of it, is that it's going to be used primarily in settings other than intra-abdominal infections. And I think in this podcast, it's worth having that kind of a statement and so people will understand the approval process and that the drug has not really been shown effective in other indications. Absolutely. So then what would you say is the overall key take-home message from this trial? I think that the key take-home message from this 
presentation is that the ravacycline has been shown non-inferior to miropenem. The miropenem itself is a well-known agent. It's in many centers now the preferred carbapenem because of some issues with safety and cost. And showing that you're non-inferior is, I think, an important finding and indicates the activity of aravacycline, at least in vitro, and then in one clinical indication, it is very good. And the cases in those trials ranged in terms of the source of the infection from the, uh, the appendix to the colon to small bowel, et cetera, and against a wide range of pathogens that one would expect, including ESBL carrying gram negatives. There were no carbapenem resistant organisms, or at least so few that no statement of activity can be made. So the take home message is that it's in this indication, it's an effective drug. And then the other important part of it is that there was some nausea and vomiting, as is seen with all tetracyclines but significantly less than with tigacycline. With that in mind, I think it's important now that people begin using it in areas and reporting out the activity of the agent and their experience with it in other areas. And again, the people at Tetraphase are working on this, collecting data, and at this point, one would hope that a more complete picture of its utility will emerge. Great. Thank you again for speaking with me today, Dr. Salamkin. Well, thank you very much.